Hi, and welcome to Kelly McAtee Curated Content for the Busy. So this is kind of my intro. Welcome to you for being here. Thank you so much for your time. Basically, this started as my own journey through busyness. I have been so busy over the last 20 years, it has just about killed me. And I'm very thankful that it didn't, but we all live in a society where we are incentivized to be busy. It's like almost this very strange badge of honor. And I am looking to be done with that. I am looking to start a counterculture movement of loveliness and peace and wholeness and um, plenty of time to do the things that I love to do and I want you to be able to do the same because your gifts and abilities and the things that you are drawn to and that bring you joy and fullness of life are different than those things that do the same for me. And so there might be some overlap between us, which is fun because that's how we'll find each other. But I have found myself over the years kind of, I'm kind of sad that I don't get to see certain people because if somebody is not in my normal pathway or routine of life, there's just no room or margin in my world to be able to fold them in. And quite frankly, I'm just sick of that. So I'm ready to craft my life, and I hope you are too, around the things that I want to be doing that bring me joy and around the people that bring me joy, and I wanna have room for that. So that is what curated content for the busy is all about. I have had to challenge myself a lot, which has not been a ton of fun. Not always, it gets easier. I'll tell you that, that the more you get used to it and the more you do it, it definitely gets easier and you get better at it and you can get quicker at making those adjustments in your world. But I found myself sitting there thinking like, golly, why am I so stinking busy? And quite frankly, this sucks. I looked at my calendar and it's like, there is no white space. There is no margin. No wonder I'm exhausted. You know, and then you read books like, um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And if you have not read that yet, oh my gosh, put it to the top of your reading list. I mean, I felt so encouraged by reading that because I've thought, oh gosh, I'm not alone. Like this is kind of a cultural epidemic that we've got going on here. So read that book, listen to this. I had to um, find a way to get some margin and some quiet space and start really going through my life with a fine tooth comb and asking myself, okay, I do like a lot of activity. That's kind of my preference. That's my personality. But am I busy with the right things? So it's okay to enjoy 
a lot of activity. I've got a lot of interests and a lot of passions that I'll share over time. I enjoy having kind of my hand in a lot of different pots. So I've had to really get to the bottom of that. Why am I so spread thin? It's like, well, because I like to be involved in a lot of different things. Okay, that's fine. You can know that self, but you need to schedule, you need to budget. You know, budget growing up was such a nasty word to me because I had the falsehood, I had the false belief that if I'm budgeting, somehow I'm not gonna have what I want or I'm not gonna have enough of what I want. And that's really a lie and a falsehood because all it really does is allows you to plan. It allows you to work your resources of time and energy and funds in the best way possible. It actually causes thriving. And so then that got me thinking, well, gosh, what are some other falsehoods that I carry around? Maybe it's from the culture, maybe it's from, you know, just different ideas that I grew up around. Where did I start developing some of these ideas that somehow budgeting of time and money and energy is a nasty word. It made me start to think, huh, what are other falsehoods out there that promise life but deliver death? And so that's a lot of what we'll unpack. Through this kind of quest of figuring things out, I also came across this research, this way of thinking that is the seven mind-molding mountains of cultural influences. So that was an incredible thing for me to find because there are certain circles kind of across the nation that have been talking and teaching and working in the seven mountains of cultural influences for 20, 30 years. And I just discovered it maybe two years ago. It's like, wait, why am I just now hearing about this when this has been so helpful for me to understand what I'm watching, we are all experiencing and witnessing real time the absolute and complete destruction of our culture, all that we hold dear, all that we value. And in a lot of ways, it feels like a switch has been flipped, like we've just woken up and it's like, wait, what in the world has happened here? And then you start investigating, you're like, hold the phone. This stuff has actually been going on for 20, 30 years. And what we're feeling and experiencing is the blooming of that. It's like, okay, all right, we got to get a hold of this. We got to get to the root of it. And we have got to take back our communities. We've got to take back our households. We've got to take back ourselves. It always starts with ourself. And then it spills and overflows to our household. And then that spills over into our communities. And then our cities. And then our states. And then our nation. And then the whole world. So it always starts on an individual level. And so I found such comfort when I found the Seven Mountains teaching and ideas because it gave me a framework to understand how did we get here. 
So the Kelly McAtee curated content for the busy is under the heading of the seven mind-molding mountains of cultural influences. And so it's my take on those seven mountains. Now, I always encourage everybody, do your own due diligence. I am a researcher and I love it, I enjoy it. I like to see things for myself, that's the way I get stuff. Um, I love to research, not everybody really enjoys it, but it, it really is important for everybody to find their own way of doing due diligence, to get to the bottom of things, to get to solid truth. Like what is the truth here on any given topic? There's so much falsehood out there. There's so many delusions. There's so many smoke screens. And when I talk about falsehoods, here's what I mean. There is a difference between the truth, like rock solid truth, and kind of sneaky, twisting deceptions and falsehoods. A good lie will always contain within it a certain level of truth because that's what makes it believable. That is why we get trapped in these snares of lies, falsehoods, smoke screens. So that's what I mean when I talk about those things because they always hold within it a certain level of the truth in order to make it believable, but it tweaks the truth in such a way. It can be conceptual tweaking that it does. It can be just sowing a little level of doubt that can be through the um, tone of voice of somebody, you know, um, so they can technically be saying true words but their tone of voice makes you kind of think, oh gosh, maybe I don't have that right. You know, so that's what, as we are moving into this next age of technology, where it becomes more and more difficult to discern fact from fiction, truth from falsehood and lies, we have to all get really skilled with kind of calling BS. My family, we play the card game. We actually call it in our household banana split instead of bull, you know, just in case you're listening to this with kids in the car. Um, so we call banana split. We call BS on some of this stuff that is coming down from our leaders, these narratives that they've got portions of the truth, but they're not telling the whole story. And so they are designed to hijack our emotions. They are designed to hijack our, um, our focus for somebody else's advancement of power and usually money. So the whole idea behind the curated content for the busy is for every single one of us on a continual basis to be asking ourselves, wait, okay, am I busy with the right things? Is my world full of the things that are right and good for me as an individual, for my household, 
for my community, for my city, for my state, for my nation. And it always starts small. It feels so overwhelming when we start big. We've all felt so overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, there's so much work to do in this nation. How did we get here? And that can cause us to shut down. And now is not the time to shut down and give up and surrender to hopelessness. Now is not the time to do that. Now is the time to hold on. Okay, y'all, let's take a breath. Let's really start to look at this stuff. Let's really start to get to the bottom of this. And so my approach is always to take small steps often. Let's take little bites and then over time, before we know it, we have actually dealt with big things. And you look back and you go, oh my gosh, how did we do that? Well, we did it one bite of a time. One bite at a time. There's this great saying, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you do it one bite at a time. I hope nobody out there is eating elephants unless they are starving and absolutely have to, but I digress. So I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll share this with people. I hope that you will um, subscribe to my Substack so that you are never um, out of the know of the things going on. And I hope that you will take small steps often. And the reason that I hope that for you is because I have found such freedom, such hope, such excitement in my path of doing that. And so bless you and your family today with small steps often, with eyes to see and ears to hear, with the crafting of your world to be exactly what you have always dreamed that it will be.